Welcome to Transformational Voices. This podcast series brings you wisdom, learning and insights from the Association of Transformational Leaders, a heart-based community of those who spend their lives contributing to a more awakened world. I am your host, Sandra Laura Manuela, and my special guest of today is transformational dentist Catherine Hutzelmann, who as a certified dentist is a beautiful bridge between the world of science and consciousness. So I make love to all my teeth one at a time at the end of the evening. And the specialist here today is Catherine Hutzelmann. Catherine, I am so excited for this talk. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very delighted to be here. It's an absolute honor. So thank you for having me. And I must confess something. I am terrified of dentists. So when I read about you, you calmed me down because you're a holistic dentist and a part of me became so fascinated by what you do because dental care is like a bridge to transformation. How does that work? How do you apply that? It's so exciting. Well, it's actually very logically if you put the teeth back into the mouth. If you look at the teeth like a cup on a table, it makes no sense to connect it to transformation. If you look at the teeth as being a vital part of your whole being, then why not? So something shifted in our education and our thinking that teeth are these lifeless things that people have in their mouth that you that you use to eat. But if you think about it, they're crystals, they conduct light, they have blood supply, they have stem cells. I mean, that already is a lot. And all the meridians that we know from traditional Chinese medicine run through the teeth. So suddenly the teeth are connected to the rest of the mouth. And this is where the whole horizon opens. So you can obviously treat the teeth by fixing them, or you can use the issues of the tooth. You can look at the tooth and you can ask, why is this tooth ill? What went wrong? And then you can start looking at, are all the teeth ill? Is, just, is it just this one tooth? Why this one? Did it break? And then you can look on the tooth organ chart. You can look at what meridian the tooth is on. You can check what joints are part of the meridian, what emotions are connected to it. And then quite often, a whole different level of understanding of health comes up. So I give you, I give you an example. This is, this is one of the ways how my journey started. I had a patient in the chair, mid-40s, BBC producer, tough cookie, very scientific woman, um, very successful, not a single filling in her mouth, and one tooth with a crown and a root filling and in pain. So then this is not how she cleans her teeth or how she eats. This is not a systemic thing. One tooth is ill. So how did that happen? So I asked her when I first met her, how did this happen? What happened to this tooth? And she said, well, a corner broke. They fixed it. A bit more broke. They fixed it again. A bit more broke. They fixed it. Couldn't fix it. Had a crown, nerve dye, root canal treatment, crown, and it still hurts. This is weird. Like, why does this tooth ache? And then I said to her, well, if you look at traditional Chinese medicine, this tooth is on the lung and large intestine meridian. 
she looked at me and said, well, it's about grief and letting go. And it's on the female side of the body. So did anything happen? The female side, is that the left side? In the, in the face, it's the left-hand side okay. and the right is the... So I said to her, I jokingly or lovingly call the tooth the mother grief tooth. And she burst into tears and she said, you know what, my mum died. The tooth broke. I had no time to grieve because my husband lost his job, so I had to work, organise the funeral, and then all hell broke loose. So we decided to approach the tooth in two ways. So, of course, it needs physical fixing if it's in pain, but she also went to a grief counsellor, and within three months, everything had calmed down. So this is how you can use one tooth to work through the grief of losing your mother. That's quite potent. Wow, it is. Now, how did you get to this work? How does one become a transformational dentist? Um, I think that journey has been guided by my patients because my patients have presented with what I would consider weird things. And I didn't have a classic answer. So patients would sit in the chair and they say, this tooth hurts. And they weren't crazy or bonkers, but I couldn't clinically see anything on the tooth. And then you ask yourself, if this person doesn't look psychotic or neurotic, what's wrong with the tooth? What's wrong? Is it possible that something else is wrong somewhere else in the body? And the tooth is the messenger? And then you start digging. So this is how I looked up the tooth organ chart. And now if patients come with teeth that are weird or not quite right or very ill, and I check the connections within the body, and then I have a conversation about the emotions that are connected, the organs that are connected, and then we go on a journey together because how do I get how did I get here? It's about healing. I'm not a carpenter. I mean, I have the I have the capability to fix things teeth really beautifully, but my my heart and soul are interested in healing. You know, otherwise you don't become a doctor, whether it's a dentist or a surgeon. You know, you want to heal, you want to help people become responsible for their life, be able to look after themselves and feel vital and healthy and capable to deal with what is. And the teeth are a vital part for that. You know how we use teeth. You know, you grit your teeth through challenges. You'd never buy a horse without checking its teeth, you know. So we all know, you know, this. it's like it's for a hollow tooth or someone has a long tooth. So, you know, we, we are used to having a lot of importance on the teeth in our day-to-day -day language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we have never mm -hmm. given them the importance they deserve. It's so true what you say. Yes, indeed. Now, your own teeth uh, were quite challenging in your life. Yes. So I we have a genetic um, thing in our family that's called amelogenesis imperfecta. So I was I had no enamel on my adult teeth. Neither did my mom nor my grandmother. So my grandmother had dentures at the age of 20. My mom's had tooth problems all her life. And once my teeth were fixed, and I have to say I had mercury fillings on the outside of my front teeth, I looked pretty ugly. I was in constant pain. My mouth is a very, very, has always been a very delicate and sensitive area, A, for my well-being and how I engage with the world, but also how it all feels. So for me, mouth has always been important. So I think my, my own journey has guided me a lot in being a very gentle dentist, but also understanding that there's something more about this than just something to eat with. 
Well, you, you told me before that actually this challenge with your teeth was uh, made you decide to become a dentist. Yes, yes. I started studying economics, law, French and Russian, had my teeth fixed, smiled for the first time in public and decided now I want to be a dentist. Because think about what do you what do you use the mouth for? Like for me, it's the most important opening in the body. Yes, you need the eyes and the ears and the nose, but you kiss, you sing, you yeah. eat, you know, it's all that you you might even breathe, but it's a lot of communication through this area of the body. And it's how you take in the outside world and in parts how you engage with the outside world. So that's also why for me the mouth is a bit of a vortex or a portal. Amazing and courageous at the same time, Catherine, in a world that is where science is still kind of on top of everything, that you come out with this. Um, how has that journey been for you? That's been a very, very slow journey um, because I'm because I am very scientific. I can't talk about things that I can't prove myself. So for mm -hmm. many, many years, I did, I happened, patients happened to feel a lot better after the treatments, even though they'd seen a dentist. It's quite unusual that people like coming to see the dentist and that they leave feeling really happy and everything feels a lot better. So I sort of understood that something else was happening. Then I started feeling all sorts of different things when I worked in different teeth and my scientific brain would look for patterns. So. I would observe how I feel working in a specific tooth in lots of different patients. And I realize I pick up on the same emotions every time I work in this tooth or every time I work in that tooth. But I still wouldn't talk about it. I would just make my notes and it's like, oh, this feels about social conditioning. Oh, this is more about do I have a sense of self? You know, like I always came up with the same questions working in the same teeth. So I started making notes, did a lot of reading. And then the, the first step of coming out was asking patients questions because I can't say to them, do you struggle with social conditioning? You know, that's not, I'm a dentist, I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would be able to, I could ask something like, do you feel you fit in in society? You know, what do you feel about, what do you think about society? Do you feel you make the most out of your gifts or do you have other things that you like to offer to the world? So you can ask some very open questions and then see where they're at and whether they're issues or not. So through my very open questions, I figured that most of the patterns I picked up were actually present in the patients. And then, so that was my own journey of finding patterns, but my patients were driving this development because they challenged me. They would say, Catherine, something is wrong with the tooth. You need to fix it. What's wrong? I know it's got something to do with my mum and I lost my job and this, that and the other. What is it? How can I heal it? And then you need to create a solution. And it's also been my patients who've said to me, Catherine, if you tell me what this tooth stands for and what you think the trauma is and we share this, we can work through this together. And then it becomes a much more powerful process because it's now conscious. And also the patient said to me, I then now own the process. And I thought, that's perfect. So I've then become a facilitator. So I sort of translate what I hear from the teeth to the person in the way of open questions. And then I see if it resonates or not. And if it does, 
they have some sort of guidelines of what they might want to shift or not or how they can look at things or wow. so that's literally what's been driving what's been driving the whole process amazing now i heard once that they say organs have a soul do teeth have their own soul so see this is an interesting question because why would you consider teeth to not be organs so there you already have your answer so so for me this is i have no scientific backup this is my experience that i share with the patients i give you an example there's a patient who worked in the city um realized that his job wasn't in resonance with his soul he stayed at the job to pay the mortgage he broke one tooth root canal treatment crown broke the tooth next to it root canal treatment crown and then he broke the third tooth so when i met him i asked him he, the rest of the mouth is fine he's 60 and he's got three broken teeth and that's it the rest of the mouth is perfect Again, it's not really a scenario where you say you haven't looked after yourself. There's specific things happening. So it turns out he broke both sense of self teeth. So there are teeth that go through the thyroid and the thymus. So thymus is about natural immunity. This is about boundaries. And thyroid is about healthy self-expression. So if you're not healthily expressing who you are and where your boundaries are, and you stay in those situations, something has to give, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So in my in my intuitive understanding, not in my scientific understanding, in my intuitive understanding, I would think the teeth take the brunt for the suffering soul and then the teeth die. But that that creates enormous potential for when you then treat those teeth to invite the soul back in. Obviously, this is completely not scientific. I get truth bumps. I really get truth bumps over whole my body. You know what? It's and I'm not at all a scientist or a, a, a healer. I've had amazing healings happen also with my work. But what I'm feeling right now in this talk, Catherine, is this sounds so ancient. It's like a deep ancient wisdom that you get to reconnect with. That's what I'm just feeling when you yes. are talking. You know what's really interesting? We know, so you have, I don't know whether you know the Spanish painter Goya. He's got oh. a very famous painting where a woman, supposedly a witch, pulled a tooth off a dead man. There's this hanged man and she pulls the tooth. Yeah, I know that so, painting. Yeah. Yes, it's very gruesome. I hate it. But what we know is at that time they used teeth for black magic. Yeah. So they mm -hmm. use the teeth of the hanged man to make sure that a man doesn't leave a woman, for example. So in the Middle Ages, they knew the power of the teeth. Wow. It's just we've forgotten. So if they've used it for black magic, imagine what you can do with it when you do good magic. Absolutely. And think about it. What, what in the body is more protected than the inside of the tooth? Your heart isn't this protected. This is, this is the hardest material we have in the body harder than the head. Yeah. It's yeah. a crystal structure. So what's hiding inside the crystal structure? You know, that's a that's a really important question. And I don't have a I don't have a complete answer, but it must be something very precious for the body to build a treasure trove around this precious inside that is so sparkly and shiny and so special. It's the only material 
we have in the mouth that has this structure. It's fascinating. Amazing. Amazing. I love this talk. You know, one of my passions is working with women and empowering them through the yoni as well. And it, it's interesting because through my own research and working with women, I discovered that the yoni, the vagina, the, is the material of it, is the same like the mouth. And what I experienced, the more I sank into my feminine, the more I became powerful in expressing myself shamelessly or unapologetic and I feel like sharing that with you because then you're the specialist with the mouth and the teeth how does that resonate with you it completely resonates so uh, first of all embryologically the mouth and the yoni in the womb are the same are the same tissue so when I studied dentistry we went to the Ops and gynae department to learn about the tissue in the mouth. <laughs> it was quite funny. And then I noticed that patients who've been sexually abused had real issues with communicating and boundaries. And it was like they had been abused in the mouth, even though it wasn't in the mouth. So I realized that um, they need a very special process of stepping back into their power because there is a possibility that you have been sexually abused because you haven't been clear enough in your communication. You uh -huh. haven't clearly enough said no. It's, it's a possibility. There's certainly a connection, not saying that's true for everyone, but there is a connection about not Absolutely. having people. And, and sometimes when you get traumatized, you freeze. Yes, and completely. And instead of shouting, you fucking asshole, fuck off. You, you freeze. So there's something stuck in the system. So when I have patients who have been sexually abused, I treat them as if they have been sexually abused in the mouth. So it's about taking back your power and it's about becoming responsible and being very clear with your yes and no. Most of us are very clear with our no. Like when you say no, you really mean no. But the yes, yes is often quite wishy-washy. Generally, I feel medicine healing is about helping the patient take responsibility for their health and that means i give the power back to you i give you information you take the power back you make the decisions and i do that with sexually abused patients as well i say i'm going to do this i will touch your front teeth do i have your permission yes i touch the front tooth i take the finger back out are you okay yes now I'm going to do this. This is how I was going to feel. Do I have your permission? Yes. And then we work our way through the whole treatment. And I bore them to death with having to give me consent to the point where they laugh in the end about it. But it's, it's a very powerful journey of being put on the spot to have to say, yes, no. Can I have more local anesthetic? Can you hold the suction there? Do you see where I'm coming from? But we have so learned giving responsibility to the people in the white coats. It's not yeah. healthy. It's your body. You're the authority over your body. So it's my, my biggest aims in this, in this job is to give responsibility back to the patient. So I would look at the mouth, see what's wrong, start explaining that in plain words and emotional facets and physical stuff. And then ask you, how do you feel about it? Do the gums always look like that? Or do they only ever look this red after you'd argued with your wife? 
And then we look at what does anger stand for? Okay, it's fire. Okay, so if the mouth is this red, maybe use a toothpaste with clay to calm down the fire. So once you understand how the mouth works and that it's a complete mirror of your well-being, like we say, the eyes are a mirror of the soul. So the mouth is a mirror of the physical well-being, which is obviously influenced by your emotional well-being. But if someone is angry, the gums are red. You know, it's too much fire in the system. So, of course, it shows in the mouth. If someone is very delicate, the surface of the gum often looks very thin. So they're very thin skinned. You know, they're very delicate. So gums need different things at different times. So if I relay that to the patient and they match it with their experience, then they can look after themselves. Then they don't need to call me and say, today, my mouth's very sensitive. How do I clean my teeth? They can then say, oh, okay, I've been very angry. I'm still on fire. I'm going to use this. I love, I love this talk. And I could talk for hours with you, Catherine. It's, it's deeply touching. I'm emotional about it because it touches me when you say so powerfully, I give back the responsibility to the patients because I see this is such a gap today in the modern world where I see people even in medicine having the death centers because some doctors say something to them and so i love 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 hearing this and it touches me deeply to to complete because as i say i could talk for hours to you and with you um could you give us three practical tools how we can already use uh, a dental care um in a more holistic way and maybe transformational way yes it's called the tooth love meditation. So I'm German, I'm pragmatic, I love my teeth, I like meditation, but I clean my teeth for 20 minutes at the end of the day. It's because I love doing it. I have a manual toothbrush and I sort of say hello to all the teeth. And then I sit down and I connect with one tooth at a time. I said, hey, hi, hello, how are you today? <laughs> Everything good, do you need something? And then I clean it until it's really smooth. I check with my tongue. But I consciously, I'm consciously engaging with the tooth and I consciously send love and light into the tooth, which means I activate the whole flow of energy on the meridian. So once I'm done with my mouth and I need about 20 minutes to do that, I'm not suggesting anyone should clean their teeth for 20 minutes, but I've been doing this all my life. So I make love to all my teeth one at a time at the end of the evening. It's a mindfulness practice. It takes cleaning the teeth out of the chore that you quickly do at the end of the day because it's such a nuisance. You're making it a self-love practice. It's a mindfulness practice, practice, and you don't need to sit cross-legged and remind, you know, do you see where I'm coming from? You can use the mindfulness practice in your daily life by creating more health in the mouth. Wonderful. So that's top tip. Um, um, second tip is... If you talk to your stomach and your heart, why not talk to your teeth? You can mm. at least give it a go and just treat them like the crown jewels. You, you know, like if you have a I ring. Love that. I love that. Yes, yes. I'll be thinking about the crystals in my mouth. Yes, well, they are crystals. So yes. you might as well treat them with the same respect and love and admiration and adoration as you treat the crystals on your altar at home. Absolutely. Why not? And they work so beautifully, you know. As I said, they allow you to sing, to communicate, to eat. 
to kiss it's all really important things so you know I often use my tongue and I say hello and it's you know it's a way of showing gratitude and you know gratitude is the base for any transformation you want anyway absolutely and maybe one tiny little tool to complete our talk <sighs> just love them absolutely I will start loving them even more Catherine this has been a so mind heart blowing talk and I loved every second of it thank you so much for your beauty and your light in the world. Oh, thank you for asking such wonderful questions and for holding a space for this. So I can actually share the importance of teeth because it's a weird topic, isn't it? <laughs> it is, for me, transformation. This has been a transformative talk for me. I didn't even know this existed. So thank well, you. Well, that's why I'm writing the book called Conversations with Teeth. So When is that coming up, out? I'm writing it at the moment. So when that's coming out, I'll gift you one and you can read about patient stories and how they use the dental treatments to transform their lives. I will. I will. And where can we find you? Um, if you Google, if you Google my name, <laughs> you'll Catherine find me. H-U-Z-E-L-M-A-N. Double N. Double N, double N. Yes, there's only one me. I'm, I'm fairly unique with a surname as well as what I do. Have and you got a website? Yes, I do have a website. It's called Mariposa Dental. So Mariposa is the Spanish word for butterfly. So it holds the transformation within the name of, of my business. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Transformational Voices. If you feel anyone can benefit from our podcast series, please share them with the world.